Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome to another T2 Hubcast. Yay! Back from holiday with me, Martin Johnson. And, and me, Spencer Locker. Spencer. <laughs> so it's been two weeks. Oh, two weeks since I've been uh, in the office, in the Hubcast room. Yeah. Um, you've had a long weekend's break. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, not so much a break, but <laughs> bits of a party. Dave is currently in the in France somewhere. Drinking in France, yeah. Drinking vino. Um, so yeah, we're back and it's, we've had a little bit of a gap, not too much of a gap, but we want to jump in and record a Hubcast. And, uh, I had a number of Hubcasts that we wanted to record this week, but, um, Spencer, the reason we've jumped in now is because Spencer has been uh, researching and writing some pathways for our hub over the last few weeks. Yeah. And, um, you put one under my nose this morning, Hmm. which was, um, what was the title of it? Um, falling in love with the boredom. Falling in love with boredom. So it's yes. almost saying, yeah, you should fall in love with boredom. But there was a mm. bit of play on words there, and it was a bit of a, a, a an, is it ambiguous title? Or yeah, unamb- I suppose yeah. it is, a bit really. of an ambiguous title to say, yeah. oh, that sounds interesting, but what is it about? Yeah. Why are you saying people should fall in love with boredom? Mm. But then I read it. It was only a couple of pages long, wasn't it? But I read it, and I really enjoyed it, and I sort of got your point. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to drag you in here, mm. and, uh, and we're going to do a, record a hubcast on it. Right. So just um, give us uh, an introduction to uh, what you mean by you should fall in love with boredom. Right. Okay. So, um, I mean, I don't want to go delve too deep into the history of these things, but I heard about this. It's a Japanese concept called Zanshin or Zanshen. And it's basically, um, it, it was practiced by the samurai, it's Zen, it's all the good stuff. But basically what it is, is um, it is uh, the mind with no remainder, meaning that you are absolutely committed to something. Yes. Okay. Now, I'll, the idea being was, um, I heard about this in the 1990s and I didn't get it. So I forgot about it. And then not a couple of years ago, we were, we were talking about uh, marginal gains, Dave, Dave Brailsford and all yeah, that's right. All yeah, yeah. So I was sort of reach, uh, researching Dave, uh, marginal gains. What, what does that mean exactly? What, what's the concept behind it? How, how can we actually take that from a sport perspective, possibly putting into manufacturing, possibly into sort of sales, marketing, business, whatever. But it brought to mind this, Zan, this concept of Zanshin. The reason I heard about it in the 1990s was uh, it was explained to me by a bloke who was a British Army sniper. Oh, right. Interesting. So, yeah. So he basically, um, when you start talking about military people, you've got to sort of, you you appreciate, I suppose, that they're they're pretty good shots. You do, you, you, whether whether you whether you've got one of these big Bofors guns and you stood on the front of a, a ship in the navy. Uh, or a boat? Did I get that right? Wrong? Yeah, ship, ship, always ship, okay. not a boat. <laughs> um, or, or your, or your, um, your uh, engaging across a battlefield or whatever. You, you've got an idea. You do marksmanship principles. You've got an mm. idea about what you're doing. So to get to the point of being able to 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 engage an enemy at such a distance, you've got to be pretty good at what you're doing. 
And bearing in mind, this was sort of based, it was explained to me, it was based in like samurai archers in feudal Japan. So everything that you control is focused on what you want to happen. And when I say everything, I don't mean playing at it. I don't mean sort of being a bit committed and, 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 and well, yeah, I can't be bothered to do that because that bit's boring. Ah, the boredom bit comes in. So, yeah, so what I what I picked up from it, and, and just to build up on what you've just said, mm. um, and, and in this pathway that you've written, Spence, which is mm. available on the on the hub as well for people to access after this hubcast, yeah. um, you, you give numerous examples like the best Olympians that, mm. that have ever been um, and the best salespeople, et cetera. They put yeah. more hours into the inputs and yes. the boring stuff than yeah. anybody else. Yeah. And this Zanshin is this concept in Japanese, ancient Japanese culture of mm. um, you have to methodically, it's like it's like Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000-hour rule. Yes, the, 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 yeah. the, the, the people who put 10,000 hours into something versus the people who put 5,000 hours into something are better at the at mm. whatever it is. Yeah. And... But you have to be absolutely committed to achieving that. And that's the Zenshin piece, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You have to be committed to put to putting in the, the boring groundwork and the yeah. repetition to drive a significant outcome. And it is and and I, you this is the thing is the stress. You've got to stress absolute commitment. Every single thing you do has got a purpose. And you are doing it the most effective, the most mm. the, the, the the best possible way. So whatever you do, you commit to if you're making a cup of tea, everything is fully focused on making that cup of tea. Is that why you stare yours about four million times? <laughs> and I think, what the hell are you doing? But you no. know you've got to stare it four million times. I've just I've just zoned <laughs> out. I'm thinking about something else. But no, it's this absolute commitment, and you and I think you're so right. When you start talking about athletes and sports people. The whole life is committed, full commitment. Every single part of their life, their day, is accounted for to be able to achieve what they want to do. And the beauty about it is the achievement suggests an end, but it's not. The achievement is another step. Yeah. It's all about how you do it. So is Zan Shin, this, this way of life, this commitment, this un immovable belief in the outcome and everything is 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 you know, driven around achieving the outcome. Is it a selfish thing, do you think, Spence? Or do you think it you can still operate with that mindset and still have room for other stuff? I don't I think I think selfish it might be considered selfish by some certain unconscious motivators. Mm. I think you're right there. But they don't get it. Mm. And I think you've when if you get it and you understand it, it's not selfish because you have made that commitment. Yeah, yeah. This is what you're going to achieve. And you're not even going to stop there. You're going to go beyond there because that achievement is part of the process because when you achieve or you don't achieve, it still influences how you go about it. So it's ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. One of the things um, in in Zanshin when, when they're talking about um, old sayings, when the battle is over, tighten your helmet. Meaning when you finish fighting, don't think that's the end. That means that you finish this bit, there is more to come. So don't relax. When You, you fail when you relax. You fail when you take your mind off what you're doing. You, you, you drop your focus. So, so, yeah, like, and, and, yeah, and the other bit I read in that was about their belief in being present. Yeah. Being, being you know, the going to the archery, um, the bow and arrow yeah. example. If you're 
trying to focus and think about hitting the bullseye, mm. you're not being present. Yeah. You've got to think about what do I need to do to hit the bullseye? Yes. So the, the Zanshin way of being present was in the moment, I am focused on my equipment, my yeah. hand position, my feet position, how I'm going to draw the bow back. Yeah. My pause in the middle. Yeah. Taking two deep breaths and releasing at the moment that I've practiced a million times. Yeah, yeah. Once the arrow has left the bow, if it hits the bullseye or not, I can't control. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, so yeah. And it's like the penalty shootout in football mm. or the the free kick, you know, the goal kick in rugby or whatever mm. it might be. People who focus on, I can't miss this penalty, miss the penalty. Mm. People who focus on the number of steps back, mm. two deep breaths, and the run-up and the, practice, the, the thousands of times the practice, and you know, they're the ones who tend to you know, tend to do well. Mm. And so it's about being present. And sometimes mm. our minds can be so preoccupied in the workplace. Yeah. Let's, let's bring it back to the workplace. Can be so preoccupied with what we either don't want to achieve or want to achieve. Yeah. And we always say about challenge state, if you're going to do either of those things, focus on what you want to achieve, yeah. the end game, the yeah. goal, yeah. not on what you want to avoid. Mm. But what Zan Shin is saying and why it stoked me a little bit is, mm. Well, if you if you even bring that in a little bit further, and don't focus on any outcome, mm. but on the systematic inputs and things that you control, yeah, the outcome will be what it's going to be. Mm. Yeah, and they are, you know, it's like you know the 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 Buddhist monks and all. They're all absolute focused on being present mm. in the moment of yeah. what we are doing in the here and yeah. now. Yeah. And you can't, in the modern day workplace, Spence, there's very few times with emails buzzing off and phones ringing mm. and, you know, multiple things happening and looking at forecasts and targets and, you know, end of the month mm. stuff and all of this type of stuff and projects and avoiding yeah. failure. We, it almost sometimes makes it impossible for us to be present. Uh, again, there's a reason why uh, you have your, well, you had your um, samurai archers in feudal Japan, your samurai warriors, you've got your Zen monks, your Buddhists, and all this, that, and the other. They live it. Yeah. This is another thing that I put in there, is because we are we have got bombarded by images in social media. Yeah? Yeah. So all these things in social media, they have a certain place. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to dismiss them out of hand. I'm not going to say that they are the evil or anything like that. But they influence and they inspire, which is I think I think, I think is a good thing. They yeah. influence people. Yes, this is what I would like to do. Um, however, when you're looking at some Instagram model who is, um, if, if you're looking at creating the perfect body or or you want to be a, a CrossFit god or, or whatever you want to do, whatever you want to achieve, and they've got all these, these photographs up there, and you think, well, I can do that. And then six months down the line, you're nowhere near what they are, and you're thinking, well, what is it they do? They live, that is what they're, if you're going to the gym four times a week for an hour and a half, they're doing the gym two hours, three times a day. Yeah. It's yeah. The old, yeah. And also it was like, you know, you put in that, didn't you? You, you, the normal homo sapiens amongst us go, mm. I'm right. I'm going to get in shape. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym four times a week for half an hour. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get back on the horse. Mm. And we do that. Yeah. And like you say, we, we see very little gains, but you're not accounting for the fact that you're still drinking a bottle of wine on a Thursday <laughs> and Friday. You still eat your bag of crisps tonight. You're yeah. still having your chocolate bar in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's all right because I'm training. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you wonder why. And then other people go, well, my body's just not built for it. My genetics are, mm. are, are you know, that. It, 
but it's not the case, right? And mm. and you're absolutely right. When the, the people who achieve the results that you're aspiring to achieve mm. are probably putting in way above what your level of of input will ever be. Yes. And yeah. and that's what we're sort of saying here. And this is like this this salient point you're making throughout the pathway. Mm. If you want to excel and be the best in whatever you do, mm. whether you want to be the best salesperson, yeah. whether you want to be the top customer service representative, whether mm. you want to be the best manager, the best regional leader, mm. you know, the best CFO, the best marketing director, whatever it might be, you've got to look at the inputs and the, the unquestionable commitment that yes. you are willing mm. to offer to, to achieving that outcome. I think you're 100% right there. And it's, and it is that absolute commitment. And, and this is, this is no, con, this is, uh, there's no compromise here. It is absolute commitment. And it's not as if you can stand still and go, well, I'm the, I'm top dog now. I'm, I'm, nobody can beat me. Aren't mm. I good up? Because that's when you fall over, when you come complacent. And the other thing I liked about you, you, your paper <clears> was, you said about, it's not about working a million hours a day. No. This is not, when you say unbelievable commitment, it's mm. not about saying, right, I'm going to get up at five. It's, mm. it's the old Elon Musk. <laughs> yes. I'm going to get up at five and I'm not going to sleep until 12 and I'm going to dedicate my life to it and I'm going to, no, no, no. You'll burn out very quickly <laughs> yeah, yeah. doing that, right? Yeah. It's not about that. It's about in everything you do, it has a purpose. Yes. Because yeah. you, you know where you are bloody going. Yes. And you know what you want to achieve. Mm. So everything you do, sort of quality, not quantity. Yeah. I mean, you still need a level of qu well, quantity. Yes. But in everything you do, you have a 100% commitment to it, mm. and it serves a purpose. And you yes. know what? You got me thinking. Because sometimes I, even for me, I'm like, I don't often stop to think why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. But I can honestly say, and you've observed and worked around me, yeah. everything I do serves a purpose. Yes, there is an end game. There is yeah. a, there is a, a, there is a milestone, a desire. There's a, there's a vision, right? And yeah. and everything we do serves a purpose. And yeah. it, it's like the law of attraction. It drags you. Mm. The other thing I liked about this was there was one particular line or section uh, section around it. Um, you can, what's it called again? Zan Zanshin. Zanshin. Yeah. Everyone is going to be googling yeah. Zanshin. How do you spell <laughs> Zanshin, Spencer? It's uh, when we talk about Zanshin. It's Z A Zulu Alpha November. <laughs> Zulu Alpha November. Sierra Hotel India. November. So it's literally Zanshin. Yeah, Zanshin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when we're talking about that, you mentioned something about um it, it says something around about um there's a healthy level of stress and focus and intense in intention mm. around everything they do, but it's calm and controlled. Yes. So you know um, when we talk about challenge state, harness that <clears throat> cortisol release, understand that there's some adrenaline or there's mm. some importance around what you're doing. Yeah. Don't allow it to consumer and actually channel it into mm. what you want to achieve. Yeah. This is saying around Zanshin that actually everything has intention and purpose. So mm. therefore there is a if there's a calmness mm. and there's a controlled environment. Yeah. But there's an absolute purpose. Yes, very much so. And I liked that because <clears> I think um I think that's what it's about. It's not about, like we say, being crazy and erratic and mm. you know, committed to the point of stupidity it's it's about having a clear mind a present yeah. mind yeah and having serious intention but in a calm and controlled manner yeah effortlessly effortlessly vigilant yeah I, I think if, if you watch any martial arts footage and you see a good martial artist a good martial artist stood on stood on a mat 
and you see these people coming towards him and he just seems to be so fluid and effortless. He's not going, come on then, come on, I love you. Yeah. And he's not strutting around and he's not doing all the all the wrestling stuff. But he's a martial artist and it just seems so effortless and smooth and fluid and he knows what's happening and he knows what he's going to do about it and he just so well, it's like It's like the special forces. You, you've yeah. got the special forces and you're on the show, SAS Who Dares Wins. Yeah. Um, and the 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 instructing staff on that program constantly talk about part of being in the special forces mm. is about controlled aggression. Mm. Yeah, which is why in the basic training they test, they put them in the boxing fights, they put mm. them in the the situations where they can lose it, they yeah. can their emotional state can elevate to a point where it becomes counterproductive. Yes, because they're looking for the people who can apply aggression but in a controlled yes manner, and yeah. it's the same with this. And, um, you know, we're talking about environments, I guess, he spends that are a bit alien to the business world. But what I sort of liked about this is we can start questioning and challenging people in the mm. modern day corporate world as to how much they are committed to the to the end game, yeah. to the cause, how much repetition they put in. Mm. We can we can start questioning them and challenging them on how much how much they do with true intent and purpose. Mm how much they can elevate their their senses to a point where something means a lot to them or is important mm. or carries a certain level of risk. Yeah. But they can calmly and methodically proceed and push forward mm. with intent. Mm. And and that's the thing. It's the same in sales. The people who pick up the phone, the most uncomfortable thing to do, more than <clears> the <throat> salesperson, mm. generates the more le most leads, which leads to the, a bigger pipeline, yeah. which in, and, and this is simplifying it because we know there's a lot more to it, yeah. which inevitably gives them a better opportunity. Mm. Right? Or the people who have the more site visits or who engage with their customers more. Mm. Right? Yeah. The leader who walks the halls more than the leader who sits in the ivory tower. Yeah. The leader who carries out his monthly one-to-one -one individual development reviews yeah. with his people rather than pushing them for stupid meetings or mm. delaying them or, or mm. not taking them seriously or thinking it's a load of crap. Yeah. Tend to have better relationships with their employees than the leaders who don't. Very much so, yeah. Right? And you could go on and on in every department of mm. the business around the people who fundamentally do the things in the present mm. that drive the outcomes that yeah. he's desired to do. And I think this this is one of the things that, um, this is what, when you were talking about yourself, when you were saying about, um, I've always got something, I'm, I'm doing something, I'm very focused on the outcome, I'm very focused on this, that, and the other, which is all well and good. But the difference between you and Joey Malone down the road, or whatever his name is, is that it's all about quality for you. It has to stand up on its own. Yeah, and this is the thing about falling in love with boredom: is you can't you can't relax, you can't do it as a as a process, as as a, as a natural uh, thing to do, unless you're falling in with the boredom. I'm making sure the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. I've done the little things and make sure these things, these things. So when you're saying to, you're saying you've got to do more on your pipeline, you've got to do more on this, you've got to do more on that. There's people out there going. I'm doing as many as I can. I can't do any more. But if you focus on the quality of what you do and how you do it and refine that, the boring bits, the little bits and pieces that you go, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, I don't, mean, I don't need to do that. But if you focus on them and you get them done, that will give you a more efficient way of approaching what you're doing. Mm. Therefore, you will do, get more in your pipeline. Yeah. And, it's not, and, and it's not sacrificing quality because it's all about the process. Yeah, and you know what? It's like um, 
it's it's you could also you know add to the title of fall in love with boredom too. Mm. You know, you got to you've got to become comfortable with uncomfortable stuff. Yes. So so when we talk about salespeople, it's like sometimes the the front end of the process of knocking on people's doors, arranging meetings, mm. cold calling, sending cold emails, uh, you know, whatever it might be content marketing, video marketing, however you're canvassing net new opportunities, yeah. um, you know, it can be uncomfortable for some people to do. It's the most uncomfortable part of the process. So they might claim they're doing a lot of it, but believe me, they're not, right? They're yeah. avoiding it. Yeah. Uh, and and that is where this type of, mm. of, of mindset and this type of commitment, because if you are committed to making it a yeah. success, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is. Yeah. You'll do it time and time again until it becomes more comfortable yes it's integrity in it yeah. because integrity is what you do when nobody's looking yeah so you think you can slack off a bit going nobody looking oh i can take five and i don't have to do this and well, actually, that, it's like the manager who has his one-to-one appraisal monthly appraisal or review with his employees waited all month it's been in the diary yeah. uh and you're absolutely chocker as the manager your weeks got away from you you've yeah. got four reports to write You've just come out of one meeting. Mm. You're down on your sales for the month or, or your performance and your metrics. Yeah. And you think you are thinking, I can be doing without this hour's review. Mm. We're going to chew the fat. We're going to check in. It's not going to have any value to me in the here and now. Yeah. So do you know what? I'm going to push it. Mm. They won't mind. We'll do it next week or the week after or whatever. Mm. And, and it's that type of resisting that because you've already committed earlier in the process to the fundamental value of making sure you have a quality engagement every month with that individual. Yeah. And committing to it because maybe you're not going to get the short-term value today, tomorrow, your three reports that need writing, mm. your end-of-month target gets hit. Maybe that doesn't happen in the short term. But the long-term value, if you're committed to it, yeah. means you, you should go ahead with it. Mm. And that's what the great leaders do and the great managers do. So mm. I think this um, Zen Chin mm. is Zen Shin, sorry. Zan Shin. Zan Shin. You see, you, <laughs> yeah. got, me, you got me confused now. This uh, this Japanese philosophy, this, this you know, mm. commitment to being present and focusing on the inputs and the repetition mm. and the, you know, the 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 quality even and, mm. and that controlled and calmed manner where everything you do has a purpose and mm. its purpose. Yeah. It's easier said than done. Oh, very but much. I think so. it's universally relevant at times because mm. otherwise we can become very quickly in the workplace that octopus on roller skates. Yes. We're pull, getting pulled in all directions. Yeah. We're almost never present. And we mm. wonder why we feel like we're never truly making progress. Mm. And I always say to other expense, there's nothing more powerful than a decided mind. Oh, very much so, yeah. And yeah. that sort of links yeah, into do. this. When you are absolutely crystal clear on what's going on and what you want to achieve, mm. amazing things happen. Yeah. And, and uh, it's like a, a clarity comes over you. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You know, like sometimes when you've been I – mean, we, we've had a chat today about several stuff going on in the business. Sometimes mm. your mind gets clouded when you procrastinate or overanalyze certain yeah. things. And just going in a room, getting them off your chest mm. – putting them to bed and agreeing a plan of action going forward. Yeah. It's like lifting that weight off your shoulder. It's like that, your mind is cleared. Mm, yeah. And you can now be present. <clears throat> yeah. And you can be Zan Shin. You know, you can focus <laughs> on Zan Shin. So I think there's something in it. And I think for anybody listening to this who's thinking, what the hell are these two going on about? Read read the pathway. It's mm. called, what is it? Becoming? Uh, fall in love with the boredom. Falling in love with the boredom. Don't skip the stuff you might see that might you might think is boring, you know, monotonous, mm. uh, uncomfortable. Mm. Because actually, it's an imperative part 
of achieving what you want to achieve. Of be, be, leaving good and becoming great. Yeah. Absolutely. It's these those little details, as like Dave Brailsford with his uh, marginal gains. Marginal gains. It's these little bits of detail. These pro, going through the process, practicing, focusing, making sure that everything is effortless and and as um, what do we call it? Sorry, as 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 I don't know what I'm on about anyway. No, so um, the, <laughs> sorry, no. I mean, but, but, it's, but it's interesting with Dave Brailsford because um, with Dave Brailsford. The story goes that when he was on his marginal gains program, he, mm. he was looking at every single input that went into winning a gold medal, yeah. from from the 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 rider to the to the bike, yeah. to the parts on the bike, yeah. to the diet, to the sleep, yeah. to the environment, yeah. everything. It was like let's look at every input and dissect it, and let's if we can increase each one of them, or even seventy percent of them by one percent. Mm. it might mean that we go 300 tenths of a second faster than the bike next to us. Yeah. And that's what where the term marginal gains come from. Yeah, yeah. And apparently he'd gone through it all for, for months, almost years, and uh, and found all these marginal gains. Mm. And the team around him are going, uh, you know, the team around him are going, literally, we've, we're done, right? We're ready. And and, and it was that relentless, relentless commitment to, mm. to finding, to turning over every stone, right? No, no stone left unturned. And um, apparently he had one last go at, at the mechanics taking the entire remaining bike yeah. to every individual part. I mean, yeah. it took a long time. Yeah. So they take the bike to bits. This is like the fine. They yeah. take the bike to bits and they find that there is a nut holding the seat to the where the seat goes in. Yeah, yeah. And the nut weighs 0. 0.1 whatever it is. Grams. Right, or grams yeah, or yeah. something, right? So... Dave Brailsford says, well, do we need that nut? And and the team are like, well, how is the bloody seat going to, you know, go in? And he said, well, what if we weld it on or whatever the term was? Well, yeah. What if we fix it on in a different way so we have no need for this part? And I can't remember the exact outcome, but they found a way of fixing the seats to the mm. bikes without the need for this extra part, this nut right. or this bolt. Yeah. And it, redu- it you know, it um, ended up in them actually taking a... a, a 0.1% of a gram off the bike. But in his mind, yeah. that's the difference between gold and silver. Yes. And, yeah. and and I think sort of wrapping all this conversation up, mm. it it is you have to have a certain mindset type to think in mm. that way. Yeah. To have an un immovable commitment to the to, to the end game, mm. to, to the goal. And and then the 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 foresight to be absolutely present in everything you do. Mm. And everything has a purpose and an intention. Yeah. But in a controlled and calm mm. way. Mm. And I think um I think that's why I enjoyed that read today. And I think in a in a in modern day business, in such manic environments, mm. in such a fast paced environment, when we are like the octopus on roller skates, we don't get time to sometimes uh, you know operate in this way. And I'm sure whether you're in sales, marketing, finance, you're a leader in the business, mm. think about where this applies to you. And yeah. think about how you can start making some minor changes that allows you to be more controlled, mm. more calculated. You know, and, yeah. and I think it, it, you know, we could all take a leaf out of that book. Yeah. Don't dismiss the the boring bits. Don't dismiss the ones that you think you can do. It's all part of the process. So if you're going through the process, start at the beginning, work yeah. your way through. Yeah. Don't just gravitate to the shiny yeah. stuff, yeah. the visionary stuff, you know that, which is very important. Mm. But 
you know, 60% inputs is not enough to get there. And we wonder why we fall short, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spencer, fascinating conversation. Check it out. Look at the uh, pathway on the on the hub. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll elaborate on this and we'll probably come back with a little bit more on uh, Zan Shin. <laughs> did I say it right? Yeah, you did. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but what people don't know is before this hubcast, we probably had to, Spencer had to take me in the in a room and, and reiterate the name to me five million <laughs> times until I got it in the right order. So we've done all right there, Spencer. Now Spencer, that's commitment. <laughs> now, that's, now that's commitment to delivering the right outcome. <coughs> Love yeah. it. Spencer Locker, thank you very much. And we'll be back um, shortly with another T2 Hubcast. 